who was in his office and Alba in Allison Alter's office did a critical race theory training. What? And I went to it and you get teamed up, you get paired up with somebody. I got paired up with Adler and we were supposed to like share our first experience with racism. And I like gave him my genuine like first, like this was the, his, his answer was uh, essentially, I wonder how we get more people like you in here, Michael. That's, it was just like so not authentic and stupid yeah it's i just don't i don't know that there's much i don't know i just i don't think any of us have like seen the real adler so it's hard for me to judge like are yeah, you a good or bad person he doesn't even know who the real adler is yeah um we're rolling oh we're rolling we're rolling right now yeah. oh shit well what happens this is episode 78 episode 78 yeah all right What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 78 of Convos on the Pedicab. I'm here with um, Ellen, um, Michael Cyril. He was a former city council member um, and current um, state rep candidate. Um, Ellen Troxclair's um, chief of staff. He was also the person who was trying to put together a city audit back in uh, 2018 to make sure we were spending our money responsibly. Um, we aren't. <laughs> anyway, Michael, uh, thanks for coming on. <laughs> thanks for having me on, Alex. Um, so you did the audit, right? And you wanted to do the audit. Um, and you've also been like kind of a critic about like this Prop A stuff. We're just, we'll jump right into it. You've been a critic about this Prop A stuff. Um, and I think one of the one of the things is like you think we're spending too much money on APD, or what, what's the what's the criticism behind it? So. My central criticism. So let me let me not criticize and like talk about something positive. Okay. If you're on the prop A side, this is what I was trying to say. If you're on the prop A side, and your concern is rising crime, yeah, that's your concern. Then your policy should be set based on that outcome. So you should increase staffing levels at the police until crime starts decreasing, right? Rather than it being tied to a population figure. That was my point when talking to Jack Craver was, I believe policy should be outcome driven, not tied to some arbitrary population figure. And then you can look at it from the other side. If you're worried about police shootings, cutting $150 million from the police budget doesn't address that. Your metric should be no police shootings, not some arbitrary cut to the budget. That was my point. I agree, and then when you stress out a department like that, you'll create more instances of violence as well. 100%. Yeah, all right, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think that, uh, and I, I said this to Matt too, I think that the Save Austin Now guys, they do a lot of good stuff. They did good stuff with the homeless stuff. They're bringing awareness. They're giving people um, a voice in the city who feel completely shut out by how our council is governing, and that's very important. I do think that they should be, that they, um, they try to sell the increased need for Prop A based on like murders and violent crime, and that has definitely gone up. But what's really gone up um, as a much higher metric and percentage of the population is theft. Which you have. Which I've actually experienced because yeah. I had my motorcycle stolen from me um, two weeks ago. And there are only three detectives who are able to handle all instances of auto and moto theft. And our thefts have increased by 500% within like the past year or two. That's a lot. That's a lot. And then rent, 
has gone up. In 2018, when I ran for mayor, I memorized this statistic. It went up 33% in the past five years leading up to 2018. And that number is even ballooned exponentially since then, thanks to Joe Biden inflation, as well as the fact that, you know, you have investment firms like BlackRock buying up all the properties. And the more you corner a market, the more you can arbitrarily raise the rent without any pushback. So when, when you look at the fact that you're paying an exponentially larger amount of rent, exponentially higher taxes to live in Austin, you should get a better product. And worrying about your car getting stolen in the middle of the night or your home broken into while you go to dinner with like your wife or girlfriend is not that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I think anybody who watches the city hall closely understands that they could really just get back to the basics. Like what is local, what is the role of local government in our lives? It's like streets and public safety. Yeah. F but, fucking potholes. They get, make the lights work downtown, yeah. you know? Yeah. But they want to do all these other things because Kassar needs to run for Congress. So he needs all these talking points and then they end up getting outside the scope of what local government should be doing and stretching our do dollars to thin. Yeah, and it also creates this crazy backlash where you're going to make Austin like become way more conservative than it ever was. I think that's hopeful. It's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, may, maybe. I mean, look at the homeless thing. The homeless thing passed with flying colors. It did. How do you think Prop A is going to turn out? Oh, putting me on the spot. Well, I just want to know. Like, what's your opinion? I don't know. I well, my if the election were held today, I think Prop A passes narrowly. See, I'm actually worried that it doesn't pass because of a couple of things, right? Yeah. Because, um, A, a lot of people are still, a lot of young people are still, like, in the fuck the police stage. But they're staying home. They ain't voting. I don't know. Well, okay, fine. But a lot of people are in that, are in that, in that phase. It's not cool to stand for cops. No matter what, even though we're like, I, I think that they need to get paid. We need more police officers, 100%, and we need them to be trained better, and we, and we treat our officers like shit, and we should do a better job because it's a public safety issue. Like, nobody likes standing for cops, right? Um, and I think that a lot of, a lot of the people like, that are in these bureaucratic positions or like, a lot of these like, old-school conservatives or the, the, the people in charge of these groups kind of make that mistake of like, standing for law enforcement more than they need to instead of just making this – an issue that should be relatable to the general public. It's, you know, when, when you try to do something based on f like safety fear, it's like you're targeting like old ladies or like middle-aged white guys and whatnot. Right. And that's, it's nothing wrong with that, but like, you know, the bartender who has a bunch of cash in the house because they have a cash job, you know, who's trying to pay for school or trying to like advance their position in life. Um, is going to be affected a lot more by a lack of police staffing than some guy who lives in Westlake Hills. Yeah. You know, like that, and that's, that's the truth. And I think that you got to, you know, you got to make people who are like service industry professionals like myself and younger people feel like they have a voice in this and that voting yes increases their voice and makes Austin a better place for them. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot can happen between now and election day. So I was just saying if the election were held today, I think it narrowly passes, but I don't know what, I don't know what's going to happen in the next 10 days and we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Here's the thing though. Fear, fear is a huge motivator. Look what people will do in the middle of COVID because they're afraid. Like PR agencies and campaign consultants have been using fear to drive outcomes for a really long time. So it's not, yes, they're old and, but it's also a very common tactic is like scare people into doing what you think they should do. Yeah. Or use buzzwords 
or, or use buzzwords that trigger people emotionally to do the opposite of what they want to do. Totally. Like um, when when we had the audit, right? With Prop K, they literally said, "Don't trump Austin." When they just want to get an audit to see how we respond, whether or not we spend our money responsibly. Right. And then they're like, and now the city with this Prop A stuff, they're saying like, "Oh, you're going to defund parks and libraries and take money away from all these great services um, by passing Prop by by passing Prop A." But meanwhile, we gave like seven million dollars to Catholic charities. Like, I mean, you conducted, you were going to conduct a full scale audit of the city. Y- you can like give me a laundry list of things that we waste our money on. Well, th- yeah, and but that th- we could have like that we could have actually spent on parks and on libraries and on schools and on education and on fixing our roads and on all types of stuff. Yeah, but the city council gets to decide <clears throat> what, what are spending priorities and what aren't. So, I have a differing opinion about whether they should fund Catholic charities than they do, right? Yeah, and they get to decide what to fund and what to defund. But that literally makes no sense for the like funding Catholic charities has no effect on. You're my life in Austin. It has no effect on anybody's life who lives in Austin. It, well, not nobody's. Whoever's getting those checks is whoever's getting those checks. Whoever's getting the checks, right? <laughs> if you're crossing over the border and you're newly moving to Austin from Haiti, yeah, I guess, you know, props, good, good job. But Do we know, you know that's where the money's going? Nobody knows where the money's going. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's unaccounted for. Yeah. Or like when, when we defunded the police and we took like, we spent $60 million on homelessness when a bunch of bars and restaurants got shut down. Like literally if you gave that money to small businesses to stay closed safely, the backlash would have not existed. Yeah. Well, and then $30 million are now unaccounted for with this homeless stuff. So, you know, you really want parks. Okay. Even more, even more. But like what I'm saying though is like, dude, you got, um, Hey, $30 million unaccounted for when it comes to homeless spending could just go to parks and libraries. But, uh, you know, nobody wants to talk about that. But then they'd have to cut their homeless spending. They don't want to do that. They don't want to cut any spending. The, here's what I think. The reason they're saying parks and libraries they're going to cut is because people like parks and libraries. Yeah, no shit. It doesn't. They're not going to cut parks and libraries. If Prop A passed and they were required to hire staff, they would increase taxes. What have you, we seen that city council cut anything ever? Never. Yeah, they're not going to cut parks and libraries. They're going to increase taxes. And they're going to increase taxes no matter what because they any project they do will increase taxes. Correct. So yes. it doesn't make a difference. And at least if I'm going to pay higher taxes or higher rent or whatever it is living in Austin, I at least want to feel like I don't have to worry about my shit getting stolen every time I leave sure. my house. Yeah, that makes sense. So, I mean, it, it almost seems like – it sounds crazy, but like it almost seems like maybe hiring more cops is just a better use of our tax dollars considering how we spend our money at this current time in our lives living in Austin. I wouldn't disagree with that. Wouldn't disagree, right? No. Wouldn't disagree. No. Um, I have a theory about the defund stuff. And then we're yeah, going to, I, I want to um, get off this topic soon. So I'm sorry if we're, no, that's, that's yeah, okay. I want to get off this topic <laughs> soon. But I think that a big reason why um, they're doing this defund the police stuff is because they want to, there's a system. And I think that a lot of very wealthy people who have, tens if not hundreds of billions of dollars want to revamp the system so that they can have a lot more power and influence and there's no competition right and you have a much more obedient populace um and i think that um in defunding the police what what they're really trying to do you know what happened with george floyd's horrible it's a tragedy the guy should be in prison for the rest of his life any officer who does anything remotely like that to another human being should be in prison for the rest of their lives police union reps should not be having the backs of people who do stuff like that anywhere um I'm not. There's no argument with that, and I think even the pol- I think Ken Cassie and all the people who work in APD all agree with this statement, right? Um, but 
when you're defunding police departments, all of a sudden you're going to have to replace these cops with somebody else, or you're going to have to federalize the police, or you're going to, you know, eventually you're going to still get more cops, right? You're going to get more policing in some capacity because you're going to see crime rise. People are going to get scared. People are going to make irrational decisions based on fear. Like we talked about with COVID, they're wearing three masks while they've gotten that, while they've been double vaccinated, then they're going to get their booster. And then they're going to, you know, three years later, they'll have like seven more of these things, you know? Um, (laughs) (laughs) but, but like, but, 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 um, you know, ultimately if we don't put the funding back into like the, the police budget right now, where we can just use it to hire more cops and train them better. Eventually, you have a you could potentially risk a federalized police department. Um, you could also risk some like get something where you replace our human cops with security cameras um, everywhere to police all your movements, especially if you have central bank digital currencies and all this other stuff that that they're trying to usher in. So I think that like the safest and the best, most pro freedom centric move is to ironically support Prop A and be really supportive in hiring more cops so that this um, new type of like tyranny doesn't happen. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. There was a lot there. I mean, it's certainly plausible. And you know, we were talking offline. I'm certainly good for a good conspiracy theory. However, I think the motivation with defunding the police was very simple. It was about getting Democrats into the White House. Trump, Trump had done some things significant on criminal justice reform and he had pardoned and done some things to uh, to let nonviolent drug offenders go home yeah and i think they wanted to take the issue back and that's what i think it was about i think that's partially it that, I, I think it's another i think a lot of people are very apathetic towards biden and trump's approval numbers weren't at, weren't down enough after like the first wave of covid yep. um and then all of a sudden now you had all these these protests and a bunch of people that would have not voted for biden out of state home all of a sudden now are going to vote for Biden. Yep. I think that there was that. Where did the defund where the defund movement go post January 20th? Or the or the, all the corporate money flowing into these nonprofit organizations like I uh, that, that, that that's a great that's a great question. It's almost like it uh it, it almost like it disappeared because there was an agenda that they were putting out <laughs> and now uh you know. And <laughs> what has Joe Biden done on criminal justice reform or police reform? Uh, you know, he has a well. Hold on, that, that there's actually some really great stuff he's done. He has that he has that <laughs> transgender um, health secretary who's now an admiral, uh, uh, Michael. I mean, if you're a progressive, you'd understand how ma- uh, the magnitude. That's really. They they want to teach CRT to the children. That's 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 what, that's what they're doing. Uh, I mean, America is bad, and they're. <laughs> that's really helping people serving life sentences for dealing drugs. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like he said, he was going to do when he said he was going to end mandatory minimum sentences. What has he done? Nothing. And all these people voted for him because he was going to do something on criminal justice. He's not doing anything. He also said he was going to give everybody a bunch of COVID relief. And the first thing he did was um, impeach, try to impeach Donald Trump when he was out of office. And the second thing he did was bomb Syria. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> we all should be pretty much used to this. The president promises they're going to do a whole bunch of stuff and then doesn't. Like, we've done this dance a bunch of times. I mean, Obama, Bush. What about Trump? Trump? What did Trump? Trump- yeah. Like, what did Trump promise, though? He was going to build a wall. Oh, sorry. He was going to build a wall. Which they kind of started trying no, to didn't. do. Don't okay, give, don't give him an out. He didn't right. build the wall. All right. But what, but what else? Uh, there was a wall. He was going to build a wall. I didn't pay attention that much. I mean, he said he was going to reduce taxes, right? Yeah. He did that. But, uh, he did. Like, corporate taxes went down. Um, yeah. it, like, a lot of small business owners, he got, like, the largest, like, his donations, the largest number of donations in his pool or his, his uh, war chest were from small business owners. Yeah. But he didn't. But 
if you decrease taxes, as we know, you have to also decrease spending. They did not decrease spending. No, they actually amplified it. And I think a big reason why we got this Joe Biden inflation is because Donald Trump kind of didn't really help much help matters in any of this capacity. You know? Correct. Yeah, yeah he I did mean, not help in which any is capacity. V- typical of Republicans, presidents like decrease revenue, increase expenses, and then wonder why we have a deficit. And then they blame the de- and then you blame the Democrats when they get an office. Yeah, it's like rinse repeat. We've done this dance over and over. It's just. I wish I was a little bit more financially like mature back in like 2016 because I think that if I like started investing or understood like crypto and understood some of the stuff that I understand now, I would probably be like wearing a MAGA hat considering like how the like stock market and like everything did under Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what I'm anyway that that being said, I think that like it was a lot easier for everyday regular people to benefit from Trump's presidency than it ever would be for people to benefit off of Biden's presidency, despite how much of like a dishonest, corrupt piece of shit Donald Trump was. I, I agree with that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm more libertarian than anything. I, I think even, we're in the same boat. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't even categorize myself as that. It's cause I have some, uh, some issues where I stray from the libertarian ideology, but like what, uh, healthcare. Do you want to go down that rabbit hole? Healthcare. Uh, but hold like, on. Okay. So I think Trump's policies are probably closer to libertarian than Biden, but they're not that close. No, but it's the most libertarian out of any conservative that we've ever gotten. He's not a neocon. He's not a neocon, and that was great. He had some neocon tendencies, but he's not a neocon. Yes, correct. And he had to appeal to some of these evangelicals. and. That's fine. That's fine. I don't care where you go to church. Or Yo, how do you, have, um, like, I don't give a shit about that at all. Like I could care less. Yeah. How do you feel about the state of the Republican Party right now? Uh, the state of the Republican Party right now. Um, I think they have an opportunity. I don't think they'll seize on it. I think um, I think they have an opportunity to be kind of to take over being the party of the working class. I can see that considering what's happening. I but, feel as though we are really fumbling the ball here in Texas. But they don't. But they don't want to, and that's. Partly because the leadership's similar. I mean, McConnell's still the Senate leader, right? How old is McConnell? Like eighty-seven. Like he's a he's a neocon. Like we're just we have a lot of the same people that were here during Bush in Republican leadership, and I think they liked how things were, where they served Wall Street and the military-industrial complex. And I think that Trump changed that a little bit. He shook it up, and there there is an opportunity for them to be more of a working-class party. But I think they won't do it. Yeah, and I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Wall Street profited handsomely off of Donald Trump, but the presidency of Trump got people to like, it got the mask off of a lot of things. So a lot of, a lot of people that were more on the conservative side of things started to like look into things more and become a lot more open-minded. And you know, now like even the dynamic of like going to war in Iraq and Afghanistan, nine 11, that used to be a liberal, like liberals used to hate George Bush and liberals were the ones that were initially opposed to these wars and the Patriot Act and all this stuff. And it's almost like the script flipped a little bit yeah. during Trump's presidency. So a lot of, uh, I mean, he was great for Wall Street and he was great for stockholders and he was great for business, um, at least in the short term because of all the deficit spending and the deregulation and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but if you're a longstanding Republican congressman, he's not really that good for your campaign, man. Yeah, no, I, he, Trump was funny because he, some people call him the jester or he, he was like a bull in a china shop. Like he would say, he would land on stuff every once in a while. He'd be like, why do we, why did we do NAFTA? Doesn't that hurt working people? And it's like all these things that we all intuitively know 
that the establishment, both Republican and Democrats, have worked together on, like NAFTA, like NATO. And Trump would just walk in and be like, why are we... Why do we have that? Yeah. Why do we have NATO? Didn't the Soviet Union go down and like? I, I like that he took us out of the WHO too. I actually I was like, yeah. oh, he took us out of the WHO. Right. I like oh, sure, okay. Yeah. So I think he would. I think he would. Some people, you know, think it was like strategic. I think he would stumble on truths that resonated with people. I, you know, there were more that he missed, but that he's happened to stumble on things every once in a while that was like. He was also just entertaining, like listening to him tweet and listening to him like talk shit. You're like, we're on a sinking ship, but if there's anybody I want to be on a sinking ship with, like at least this is like kind of a fun way to go down, you know? He was certainly entertaining. He was so entertaining. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna give you my take on the Republican Party real quick. Yeah. And I think that there is a there's a possibility of a, a real transformation in terms of what the Republican Party represents. Because I, I never voted red ever up until this year, mm-hmm. right? And, and I'm not the only guy like myself. You know what I mean? There are a lot of young people like me and you that want legal weed, that have Bitcoin, that you know, want to start small businesses, that are entrepreneurial, that, want to, that, that um, are complete and total free spirits that want to be our own independent entities. And um, you can see based on the lockdowns, the cancel culture, these um, vaccine mandates, everything that's happening right now, like the, the rage mobs, um, that the Democratic Party, at least the way it is right now, is actively trying to stifle all of this stuff. Um, and so you can potentially get a new crop of people like myself to just revamp what the Republican Party is. And so like it used to be back in the day if you talked about like, hey, I want legal weed or I want to decriminalize drug use or why are we bombing brown people in Afghanistan? Um, that, those points would never resonate with used to never resonate with Republican voters, yeah. but now those points actually resonate with Republican voters, and this is how Republicans in the future are going to start winning elections by almost behaving like Bernie Sanders did in 2016, or like people who were like classic liberals in the 1990s. You know, and yeah. and, and um, I think that this like this religious right stuff that they're still trying to hold on to is really hurting that movement, and it could potentially kill off real conservatism or, or like the actual Republican party and make us a uni- a one party Democrat state because of all this shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you're more optimistic than me. Cause I just, I, I see the same opportunity. I don't think they'll do it. I mean, yes. W- d- decriminalizing weed is hugely popular no matter who you are. Every, yeah, everybody dude. And, and like, do you like living in Joe Biden's America? I love living in America. America, I know, yeah. but but like, do, do you want to live in a country that's going to try to like force you to take these shots or smuggle people in from like um, God knows where who have God knows whatever history, and, and you're not like you know checking their health and you're and, and they're forcing me to do all these all, all this invasive medical shit, or you know you don't feel safe in your own neighborhood or you can't say certain things without worrying about your bank account getting like you know uh, without no longer having like access to your bank account or or whatever it is like you don't want to live you don't want to live like that. Um, Definitely not. You don't. Um, and, w- you know, with that being said, like, I'm, I'm not advocating for, like, a secession or any of that stuff. But you got a lot of people that are, like, a lot of these, like, some Texas conservatives are, are actually talking about this stuff. Like, they're, 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 this is getting brought up more and more in, like, conservative, like, circles. And I'm like, well, if you're going to do something like that, you need to have every avenue open to be as independent and self-staining as possible. And if that's going to be the case, you know what you need? 
you need legal weed because you need a you need something that you can grow and cultivate and sell and create an economy off. You need to have you need to enable and open up every every part of the country in an environmentally safe manner to Bitcoin mining. Yeah. You know, you have to do all this stuff. And if you're not open to this, um, and you're not going to be um, socially in tune with how people our age think, you, this is never going to happen. And all you're doing is you're creating a Trojan ho- horse for globalism and, and um, neoliberalism. Yeah. I mean, we have a, <laughs> we certainly have a property tax problem in Austin and in Texas. I mean, legal weed, you could help us with, revenues instead of property taxes it's ob- it's obvious people being able to ch- choose what medicines they use or not choose not to use them or what what substances they put in their body is the basic it's basic personal liberty yeah i thought conservatives stood for personal liberty but somewhere along the way there they there are some who couldn't have... use a green plant yeah, it's ridiculous. And a lot of these people, they've lost their way. And luckily, thanks to COVID and thanks to everything that's happening, they're a lot more receptive to listening to people like us than they were in the past. And the golden opportunity is here to really bring that message across. Mm. Do you know what? Like, that, that's the message. And you gotta, I hope you're right. I, well, you know what? At least, at least you try, right? I hope you're right. At least you try. Be like, listen, like, we like you guys. We're going to vote for you. You know, we see what the Democratic Party is and who they are. And, and um, we want nothing to do with these people. And, you know, if you, like, legalize these these things and maybe chill out on some of these issues that nobody really seems to care about, you're going to get more support. And I'm doing this because I want you to win. I think if you communicate it in that framework and you get other people who are conservative that are, like, almost ganging up on them in, like, a respectful type of manner, not like what they did with Chris and Cinema in the bathroom or anything like that, you know? <laughs> like, maybe buy one of these guys a beer and, like, hey, listen, man, we want to talk to you about this because we like you on this, 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 that, and the third, but, like, here are like a set of like four or five issues that we really don't like and we think you should fix it and it would help you and we want to tell our friends how great you are. They'll listen. Ah, I hope you're right. I don't... I Eventually. Don't, well... That's I mean, how it works. Either of... Well, let's use it. Let's use Afghanistan as an okay. example and we can talk about that. Sure. To how we left because I know everybody's up in arms about how we left as we should be. There was a blunder. That was a 75-80% issue. Everybody was over the Afghan war. Republicans had the presidency did they leave no no but we didn't start any new stuff which, which that's is also- great i love that but did we leave no i think the same thing's gonna happen with uh decriminalizing marijuana on a federal level republicans had the chance democrats will do it first and we lose that issue that's but we I could do it happens. on a state level and i think that if you got republicans to decriminalize and make it legal and create economic opportunities to grow and sell that plant you could really it could help the Republican Party on like an innumerable scale, especially with all this like agenda 2030 New World Order stuff that's happening. Like, um, you know, it lit, like you open up the uh, the economy for people in rural parts of Texas. So no, you don't have to flood to the cities. Yeah. It's literally like it's like the best way to fight this stuff is to start opening up avenues and industries in underserved areas. And. There's no better thing to do than to cult than to legalize marijuana and have people grow it and create an economy based on that, especially with all the farmland in like East Texas. I don't disagree. Like it's, it, I don't it's disagree with you. To. I think our disagreement is whether Republican leadership will champion that or not. No, they're not. They're too out of touch. And their idea of conservatism is to take a picture drinking a Bud Light and smoking <laughs> a brisket on a slow kicker or right. whatever the fuck it is. Like, right. it, yeah, yeah. It's, like Dan Patrick, for example, the lieutenant governor, is the biggest obstacle to even 
medical marijuana advances in Texas in the in the Texas legislature. I mean, Nothing gets passed. Yeah, him. but how many conservatives are really lobbying him for that? You'd be surprised. Really? Because I, I, be I never surprised. hear anything about, like, you know, if a bunch of guys in MAGA hats start, start showing up in Dan Patrick's office saying we want legal weed, eventually that might get some attention. Well, maybe. But he's going to, I don't think he's going to be the lieutenant governor too much longer. One more term, he'll probably, he'll probably okay. move on. Remember constitutional carry? He didn't want to do constitutional carry, and eventually those grassroots support to do constitutional carry. Yeah, the, that is a much bigger movement. That is a much bigger movement amongst conservatives than weed. I, I support the constitutional carry. I think it's good. Um, but yeah, weed is also really important and they got to, you know, bring that same energy to yeah, that. Yeah. And you got to build to that. That's going to take time. And, uh, I just don't see it happening. I hope you're right though. Well, let's hope, right? I mean, I think together, you know, just the more people that get on board, the more people that want to like actually talk to people. And, and if you have the time and the ability, you go talk to these people. I just you try at least, yeah, you know well, I mean? But, but you've done that. You worked in city hall. So you know, you know more about this than me. Maybe I'm just some optimistic retard on a pedicab. Who's you're just, not a re- <laughs> retard. It's good to be an optimistic. I just think that the strategy generally is just do it. Like that's what's happened across the country on weed. Like people just started doing it and not caring what the government told them to do. And eventually the states legalize or decriminalize and you're seeing it with the masks and the vaccine mandates. And you just got to like, Sometimes just don't he's, comply. He's got to not comply. What did Gandhi say? Civil disobedience, baby. The best thing you can do is to not comply with uh, with uh, immoral laws. Something, yeah. Something like that. It's something like that. Yeah. Um. So what made you like, how did you get involved in politics and start working for Ellen? Like, I want to hear that story because El- it doesn't, it seems like Ellen's like very conservative and you're <laughs> on a lot of issues and you seem like you're a lot more like socially, you seem like you're a lot more left, even though probably most of the council is on a lot of social issues. I mean, I, so that goes back to my like, chi- that goes back to my childhood. Right. Like my parents are old hippies. I grew up in California. My hometown is a very interesting town. It's tiny, but it's like ranching families that have been raising cattle for generations mm-hmm. and weed growers. Okay. And it's like this fusion of old conservative like ranchers and we and liberal hippies who moved from the Bay Area to grow weed. So that's where I get my libertarian roots from. But how did I get involved in politics? When I was in college, I watched a JFK assassination documentary, and oh. I was just like, if they could do that, what else are they doing? Kind of, you know, that moment. And then uh, I ended up changing my major, working, you know, getting a degree in political science, moving to Texas, and the, I went to I, the Capitol. I saw the Zeitgeist movie when I was in college, and that changed my whole, yeah, 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 that changed, yeah. 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 Yeah, I've been down that rabbit yeah. hole. <laughs> uh, and then I went to the Capitol, and the guy that offered me a job was uh, David Simpson, who was like, our version of Ron Paul, I would say. Okay. Uh, and he he did the first bill to decriminalize weed in Texas. As a conservative, he said you shouldn't re- have to regulate a plant that God put on the earth like that. Ver- that. Yeah. And then uh, and then we ran a we ran a we worked on a number of campaigns when in the ten one election, me and some other people, and Ellen's was one of them. Uh, Don Zimmerman, Cherry Gallo, and Ellen got elected and asked me to come work with her. And I think you know Ellen was. Yeah, we don't see eye to eye on everything, but she's doing it for the right reasons. She has the right principles. She really wants to make a difference. And, like, she was just, like, a she was 28 when she ran. And she was just, like, pissed about her property taxes. She's like, nobody else is going to do it. I'm going to do it. And that is inspiring to see people, like, who don't wait around and they go do it themselves. And she, that is pretty awesome. Yeah. But Greg Kassar probably did the same thing. I just don't agree with Greg Kassar. No, Greg Kassar some rich kid who just <laughs> never had to work or do anything in his life. And, um you know, wants to 
feel like he's accomplishing something, so he yeah. became a socialist. Yeah, but here's where Ellen and I did a lot. This is pre-Trump, so the world was different. It yeah. was a different world. And I believe in limited government. I believe in low taxes. I believe in government staying out of people's lives. I believe in you know, supporting businesses through low regulations, and that's all conservative stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. So we worked well together, and I, you know, one of my skills is I got along with everybody really well in City Hall. So I'm, I, I kind of have that weird skill too, which is kind of yeah. odd considering like the I don't even know if I have a rep, but whatever like the rep I have is like it is it is kind of a strange phenomenon considering what I like post and what I share that I like <laughs> am able to get along with a lot of these people really well. Like it's kind of cra- it's kind of wild to me. It's just we need to be able to disagree with people and still. Like I get them. along well with Chris Harris. Yeah. And Chaz Moore, like every time I see every time I see both of them, they like dab me up and ask how I'm feel ask how I'm doing and they're like really nice to me, like all of them. Super nice guys. They are really nice because they're just on the wrong side of like history with this stuff and they have like they got their audience, they got their thing that they're doing, and it's just it's like it's like pro all this shit's like pro wrestling. You pretend like you hate each other, but we're all like <laughs> fucking friends at the end, you know what I mean? Like it's what it is. Well yeah. <laughs> I would say that we're in the minority. I think most people take this stuff very personally. Like when someone disagrees with them, I think they take it. I took the fucking lockdowns personal. very personally. Like my attitude towards Adler, I used to like him, and now I don't even know that I want to like have a face, like look at him face to face. You know what I mean? Because of what happened with all that stuff. Yeah. Um. But it's like unless you're like actively influent instituting policies that are like fucking with my body autonomy or my ability to make a living, I have no. I'm not gonna like get mad at you because you disagree with me. It's just but when you fuck with my body autonomy and ability to work and and earn money, when this is like the only job I've ever been good at, yeah, then it changes. But normally, be- like, I'm not gonna like like. I've had like arguments with, like people like Jack Craver and shit on Twitter and whatnot. Like I, if I saw Jack Craver in person, I'd like have a beer with him and want to be friends with him and talk to him and stuff. You know, like I don't care. We need a lot more of that. Just <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, we disagree. Let's talk about it. Here's my argument. Here's your argument. We can walk away and be okay with each other. I had Bridget Shea on, and she, you know, we had a pretty fiery conversation. But she Did was you? like, she was like a really nice lady. What did like, you guys talk about? We were going to talk about the environment, but then we just went off on January 6th and a whole bunch of other oh, fucking man. culture war stuff, and it was just... Climate change would have been a good one to do with her, but... I w- I'm going to have her back, and I'm going to tell her specifically, I-, I want no culture no culture wars. Anytime we start talking about anything culture war, we have to uh, um, promise to stop each other, because it, it's Got it. counterproductive. Is cl- climate change a culture war issue? Do you think climate changes? I don't know. It's the funniest. It- I- I mean, it's not funny in that... Okay, let me preface this. I'm going to get myself in real trouble. No, go, go, share. I, some, of the, some of the things humans are doing to the planet, is, it's horrible. We're polluting. We're throwing stuff in the oceans. Well, like, you know, $1.5 billion worth of masks are irreparably in our yeah. water supply. You know, we're, But, you know, the same people that want to fight climate change are the same people that want everyone to wear a mask. Correct. We're crazy enough <laughs> to create nuclear bombs and set them off. Like, there's tons of things humans are doing that we shouldn't be doing. Overfishing? Like the, yeah, all that so, stuff. Yeah. So I was a vegan for five years okay. for, for these reasons. The idea that Joe Biden... And the squad are gonna like stop the climate from changing is the most it is the most preposterous idea that I think I've ever heard. It's so crazy. It's the equivalent to Q. It's a, the the left equivalent to QAnon thinking Trump's gonna be president in October. Like they're equally as insane ideas. Yeah, but yeah, but you're kind of missing the point in that. Uh, how else are they gonna tax you for the the miles you spend driving your car? It, well, then state <laughs> that's the purpose. Stop telling people you're going to stop the climate change. I, but how else are they going to get you to go along with that? How else are they going to get along? How else are we going to get people to go along with rapid hyperinflation and taxing you for the miles you spend driving your car and, and surveillance everywhere to make sure that we don't go over our carbon footprint along with the central bank digital wallets? Like, how else are we? They're going to get us to get along with that. 
I, I don't know, man. I just think. I mean, it, come I, on, I think, be a progressive, Michael. That's. I think, <laughs> rational, I think rational people would be like, okay, what problems has the government tried to solve in the past? And we like think about a couple things. We have the war on drugs. Drugs are everywhere. We have, we're trying to combat homelessness. Homelessness is everywhere. We have the war on poverty. Poverty's worse. Like we have the war on terror. Like, it, what has what things has the government actually tried to fix that they've fixed? Well, nothing, because it's not the government who um, the government's really the mouthpiece for corporations that are profiting from the problem getting worse. So that's, uh, you know, (laughs) that's very true. (laughs) It's not really the government. It's the corporations uh, that that are uh, funding these governments. Correct. Yeah, they are an extension of (laughs) corporate America, Wall Street and the military industrial (laughs) complex. Yes, that's it's uh, what's the book. There's a book, Sheldon Sheldon Woolen. He's a liberal. Uh, He wrote a book called it's not, I forget the name of the book, but the term is inverted totalitarianism, where corporations take over the government to do their bidding versus the other way around, where governments direct totalitarianism, whereas governments di- dictate what corporations do and don't do. And it's honestly a smarter way to go about it, because when you have corporations doing this, you have think tanks creating fascism versus one person who's, you know, it's a lot, you know, you're a lot more flawed being one human being than being a unified group of 20 people yeah. trying to do something yeah and they love they the, the 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 they they love this they love us fighting with each other it's all it's all part of the design right well you know who's winning the culture war right the right now yeah the right is no the person the the, the the winners of the culture war are uh, big tech and central banks oh because yes. while we're arguing about gender and pronouns <laughs> you know what i mean and uh, abortion and and masks and um critical race theory you know, your purchasing power is, is going down and Bitcoin's hitting all-time highs and um, the stock That's market's good. at an all-time high. And, uh, you know, the, the, the parties continue, the, the, the wealth gap is getting ever bigger and Way these bigger, yeah. institutional investors are buying up all the homes while we're arguing about gender. It's a rigged and, game. And critical race theory. That's what's happening. What Jar- George so, Carlin say? It's, it's a, a big, big club. club. You ain't in it. <laughs> you ain't in you it. You ain't in it. But yeah, it's dude. It's the same club they yeah. used to bash you over the head all day when they tell you what to do. But, but that's what I'm saying, though. It's like when everyone's like, oh, it's a cultural. We're on the opposite sides. I'm like, no, dude. We're literally on the same side. Correct. Um, because the people on the opposite side are central bankers who are profiting handsomely off of everything that's happening. Yeah. Well, that's the, you know. And the, Big Pharma. They're also winning the culture war. Every, yes. And everybody's screaming about the media. Like, we need to stop thinking the media is there to inform us. They're not. The mainstream media is there to divide us. Like, think about, think about the, how they covered Joe Rogan taking ivermectin. Yo, did you see the Sanjay Gupta episode with Joe? Oh, Ro- oh I was, I'm in the process of watching it, and it's like, good. it was good too because Sanjay Gupta made sense on a lot of stuff. Like, he was, he was cool, and he he talked, and he gave good points. But ultimately, it's like, I'm still not getting the shot because I still don't feel like I need to. But like, you know. If I were to watch, listen to Sanjay Gupta, I would never tell my mother not to get the shot. Right, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Agree. Like, it's a good episode. I think he seems yeah. he seems nice. I was the the conversation was interesting. They're only covering that little piece where Joe Rogan went off on him, which was also good. Yeah, but, but that's even that's biased too because if you saw the whole episode, it was really yeah. respectful and very informative. Yeah. But that just looks like oh, Rogan owns yeah. Sanjay Gupta. I'm like, no, he didn't. He brought up a good point in one clip. You know, correct. But my point was. If the media was there to inform us, the coverage of Joe Rogan taking ivermectin wouldn't have been what they said, which was Joe Rogan takes horse dewormer. Div- divisive article. Divisive. If, if they wanted to inform us, they'd say, Joe Rogan, t- or here's ivermectin. It is possibly a therapeutic that could be used for COVID. Here's the science for it, and here's the science against it. That's educating people, right? 
Yeah. That's not what the media does. The media is there to pit us against each other. And we need to stop thinking that they're doing something wrong. No, they're not. They're doing exactly what they were set up to do, which is to divide us. It's kind of sad because I look at the press like there's vultures. Like, like if you're like, if you work for a mainstream, so I had, I had this, um, I had this, um, this lady who interviewed me, well, she was a college girl at the time, right? Through the Texas Tribune when I was doing mayor. Uh -huh. And it was a fun interview, you know? Um, and the article she wrote was actually a pretty good article about me, right? Yeah. Um, but I saw her, I saw her like ACL, right? Like, and I, um, it was like the, like the outcrowd was starting, right? And she's like, how much did you get me to like Lamar? And I'm just like, $50, just $50, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I took her like to Lamar and like halfway up a hill and I made her pay me like 50 bucks to do it. And you know, A, the, the market dictates that, right? Um, B, you have inflation, so that's kind of what, you know, the, every every dollar I get is worth less and less every day that I hold it. Yep. Um, and see, like, you work for, like, corporate media. Like, you part you partially caused th this problem that we're facing right now, so you better fucking pay me because I'm, like, subconsciously looking at you like you are a vulture, even though you're kind of my friend and I never had a bad relationship with you and the article you wrote about me wasn't even bad and I would love to talk to you and have you on my podcast to actually talk about how the media can be better at making people trust them more. But like just seeing her at that moment and how I was feeling and my thoughts on the media, I was just like, yeah, 50 bucks. Like, you know what I mean? Like just not caring, ruthless. Yeah, it's not, it's not really her fault, but I, yeah. I can understand why you'd feel that way. Yeah. But again, if you, if we start, if we start thinking about the media differently or the mainstream media, I think it's different. This kind of stuff's different. If we keep thinking that they're there to inform us, we're going to keep being frustrated with them. We start looking through the lens of they are there to make us hate each other. And yeah. that's, that's what they're doing. You listen to Fox news. I very, I'll listen to a little bit of Tucker, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. I don't really like it. I either. fucking hate Fox news. And people are like, Oh, you get all your talk much of Fox news, Alex. I'm like, no, fuck you. I hate that channel. That channel is just as bad as these other ones, even possibly even worse because they actually preach all these values and then they make their employees all get vaccinated. Yeah. No, I like, like they're yeah. full of shit. I think, to, I, you know, they do some good stuff. I'm sure MSNBC does something. Probably not. Well, the financial stuff, when you watch, like, Closing Bell or, like, Market Watch uh, or something, you could maybe, like, get some info on that yeah. for a minute. But even then, dude, it's like, when every time, like, somebody hypes up a stock or a company, you just know, like, oh, do the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I get most of my, I don't really, I mean, I'll watch, like, like I said, I'll watch a little bit of Tucker if he has, like, Glenn Greenwald on or Matt Taibbi or, like, and they're criticizing, like, the, you know, like, the security state. Yeah, I'm that makes into sense. That. Yeah, or Tulsi. Uh, yeah, well, Tulsi went crazy. What did, what? Do you think so? What happened? Yes. Have you been following her recently? Not, she, not really. Oh, not. man. She, I'll, I'll send you some stuff. Okay, okay. She said some weird stuff that was way out of character. That I was like, what? Um, but I get my, my media news from Breaking Points. Crystal and Sager. Oh, I like that, too. I got to watch like some more. I don't think um, Sager's conservative, but I, I think like... he's more liberal. He's more like us, you know? Is he? I think he's more kind of like us. Like he, I mean, it, Crystal Ball is like super progressive, and they're like yeah. getting along perfectly, yeah. which just shows that like... Um, both like sides of the aisle are a lot more similar. Like the far, far left, and like the far, far right are a lot more similar and a lot easier to co like get along with and get stuff done, and and probably are like better friends with each other than like the moderate left and moderate right. Yeah, so it's a horseshoe effect. Yeah. Start coming together. At yeah. The ends. Yep. Um. You ever watch? You ever watch the Best Business Show? No. With Anthony Pompliano. 
oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah dude, that guy's awesome yeah <laughs> i get my news from I him didn't too. Know, i didn't know what it was called it's called but... the best business show because okay. it is the best business show yeah i mean he's a bitcoiner right yeah, yeah. i love pop dude that guy i want to have him on that would be that would be, be awesome that would rise your or raise your uh viewership quite i a don't bit. care about that i would just i would just pick his brain He's and just be like, dude, Bitcoin's not going to $100,000 in this bull cycle. It will in like five years. It'll probably oh, be like 200. Oh, let's talk about that. Okay. <laughs> you think, what, what do you think it's going to top out at? Oh, dang. You're going to have to make me predict. So I don't know, man. Nobody knows these things. Here's what. There was an analysis. They took all the predictions, everything from zero to like, it's going to go to a million. I mean, it will in like 10 years. This cycle. They took, okay. they took all the predictions for this cycle. Even people saying that it would tank to zero. And they averaged them. The average was 230. <laughs> not going to 230. Mm. It's not going to 230. And um, I'll tell you why it's not going to go to. I'll, I'll tell you why, right? Yeah. So, like, you ever watch, like, Blockchain Backer on YouTube? No. This is, he's a TA guy. And so everything he's kind of said so far about the crypto industry has been, like, spot on. Almost like he's, like, from the future telling us what to do, right? Like, the most spot on shit that you're ever going to see. It's, like, Blockchain Backer. Got your back. Um, but... Um, I, I did like his course and he did like the, the Fibonacci extensions through like the tops and the bottoms. Mm -hmm. And if you look at like the Fib data, it, like if you measure the bottom of the Fibonacci extension from 20, from its high in 2017 and you hit the 4.236, it tops at like 72 to 85 or something like that based, just based on, based on charts and charts alone. Got it. And then if you ever notice how like news works, like news kind of seems to get timed by charts. Like remember when Elon Musk tweeted that that thing about bitcoin and energy and then all the china stuff happened and everything kind of seemed to happen all at once yeah and bitcoin was like really close to reaching it was like in the it was like at 60k and bitcoin was like really close to reaching its full extension mm -hmm. like you don't think like yes, Elon, I remember that. and then they have wash sale rules and they have all types of stuff when it comes to crypto about tax breaks that they don't have for other stocks yeah. and companies um and, and you don't have to disclose like you're say you're buying and selling of crypto assets like you do with stocks and securities um and you don't think Elon has like a TA guy or these people have TA guys that tell you like that are telling you like, hey, man, like it's about the top. So maybe say something bad now so you and your homies can just buy a bunch more at a lower price. Like, I, I mean, I. Yeah, that market manipulation is happening all yeah. the time, I'm sure. Yeah. But the but that doesn't mean it's going to stop at 70. I think it could stop between 72 to 85 unless it's just a blow off, blow off top and it hits 100. I think it's possible. Mm. But I think that if you own Bitcoin, if you have assets and you have stuff you want to buy and you want to liquidate, I would start liquidating between 70 and 80. So I, I would take I think it's a good time to start taking profits right now. Um, although I did see the on chain data and like six hundred dollars. No, six hundred million dollars got moved off of exchanges, which is really good. Mm -hmm. Net into into cold, cold storage. storage. Yeah. yeah, which is good. But I also think that like. If you bought like like in 2020, like in the summer, and you want to take some profits, it's good to have that because you never know what could happen with the stock market in like next year, especially if there's a Republican supermajority. Um, you don't know what's going to happen with like the debt ceiling fear because the fear always tanks the market and stuff like that, like supply chain stuff. And Bitcoin correlates to the stock market. It moves with the stock market. Yeah, but that stuff's all blips. You just gotta you just gotta zoom out. Oh, if you zoom out and hold your Bitcoin, no matter what happens, it will hit like you will make a ton of money if you just hold it. Yeah. But if you want to take some profit, like I think now with how the price is right now, is not a bad time to take some profit from your Bitcoin. That's I'm what gonna, I think. I'm gonna let it ride. I'm gonna let it. It's gonna ride for a little bit. Let it ride. Yeah. I'm not telling you to sell it, but I I, I would uh. 
I would take some profit on it soon. Um, but I do think it'll probably top in like 80 because ultimately all these guys, they say all like all the guys like pop and all these people say it's going to be hit a hundred, 130 and all that shit. And they say that because, you know, they it want makes it a lot more higher. people. Yeah. 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 It makes yeah. it a lot more likely to hit 90. If someone says 130, like you always get a higher goal than what you actually think you'll sell it at. Yeah. There's always that. It's like when you make a deal, like you always have a, an extreme demand, so you yeah. get to where you want to go. So there's. So you're saying eighty? I think probably eighty. I'll yeah. text you when it's at eighty-one. Be like, ah. Still find going. buy me some fucking dinner because you'll be fucking loaded. <laughs> all right, there you go. Still going. Yeah. Well, you know, then you're gonna have a lot of people move their money into all the alts and the shit coins too when it gets to that point. Yeah, and I got a little bit of the, I got a little bit of that too. I just look, most of the alts in the are gonna tank, but Bitcoin, it's just. People, I don't think people quite get it. And it's a really simple. It has a fixed supply and people are coming into it. And more people are coming into it every day. And it's a lot harder to track massive Bitcoin transactions and fiat transactions yeah, because of all the proof of work required to mine the Bitcoin. And it's very difficult to hack somebody's, it's almost impossible, if not impossible, to actually hack someone's cold storage. It's, um, it's perfect money. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the soundest money you can find. There's no middleman when it comes to sending stuff. There are only 800,000. There are only 800,000 accounts with one Bitcoin or more. I did not know that. If that doubles, the price is going so high and people are missing it. And, you know, but there are also a lot of retards out there, hence based on the fact that you see a bunch of people wearing three masks at once, too, who don't understand <laughs> that. And you got to understand human psychology. <laughs> three masks. Man. Yeah. Fear, fear will make you do. How many times have I used the word retard in this pod? A lot. Several. <laughs> Several. That's okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, fear will make people do crazy things. And I, I just, it's, it's sad to watch people just like, we're just giving up all these these L rights listen, and liberties just because the same people that believe scared. in vaccine mandates that are advocating for it are the same people that bought bitcoin at 50k and sold at 30. it's the same philosophy i had this i had dr jen the, the OBJN who ran for council last year and i was talking to her about that and she was just like you know anything about finance jen it's like buy low sell high and i'm like well the same people that bought bitcoin <laughs> like this is the same thing with the, the vac stuff and i like kind of tied it together you know it's like you follow when, when you listen to whatever the mainstream media tells you to you're getting hurt yeah and you don't think for yourself so my, that, that's the my friend did that with ethereum though he bought it at, i can't remember he bought it at like 3600 and then when it went down to 19 so i was buying it he yeah. was selling it and it's just like he just just i always tell him because he's sending me daily updates on the price i'm like dude stop looking at the charts zoom out i'm like it's gonna go up don't worry it'll get up there yeah, don't worry about it. It will get up there. Mm -hmm. And understand what it's worth. Like, you know, when you have all these NFTs and all this stuff that's going in for gaming, like, I think NFTs are kind of, might be a scam, right? Because you, you don't know enough about it, right? And you might not buy the right NFT. Yeah. But Ethereum is what you buy the NFTs with, so that'll always go up. Correct. Ethereum or, a or ADA, Sol ADA or Solana. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't own an ADA or any Solana. But I, I think that, like, when it, when it starts tanking, I'll start buying more of that when it tanks again which it yeah, will it will i don't know enough about that stuff i don't have time so like i i told you offline i have a most of, of my crypto investment most of it's in bitcoin about 75 percent. i have about 25 percent in a basket of altcoins. they're okay. all in the top 10 like i'm not in the we i just don't know i don't have time to get in the weeds i've like just that. been guessing the, the, the altcoins for me is a guessing game and hope it hits i have doge because elon musk is going to pump that stuff again you think y'all pump doge at that some fads. point I think the fad's kind of over with. Mm. Maybe not though, right? Maybe Doge is like a—it's a sign to show how shitty our dollar is, and like, 
you know, if Doge hits over a dollar, it really it sends a message. Well, the problem with Doge is it's like the American dollar, and they're printing an exorbitant <laughs> amount of new Doge every minute, which makes the value of it go down, which is why it's, it's hugely problematic. It goes against everything I believe in, but it's fun. Oh, it's and just I funny. Bought, and I bought it really low, so. It's funny. Yeah. Um, you think the city should accept Bitcoin for property taxes? <laughs> I think idiots would, it, only idiots would pay their property taxes no, with but Bitcoin. It, well, okay. Um, what if the city offered like 30% discounts for people that paid in Bitcoin? Is your Bitcoin going to go up more than 30%? Well, that's what I'm saying, that you create a deflationary system and you could solve some of our affordability problems. And also, if I paid like my taxes in Bitcoin at thirty at a 30% discount, I could just go buy that Bitcoin right back after I spent it. True. It's not like I can't just buy it back and you give the city an Good asset point. that's going to appreciate in value anyway. Good point. Uh, I don't know if the city should. Yes, they should take crypto, but they they, they won't because they're not they're not actual progress. They don't actually want to make progress in right. anything. They they think right. the word progressive is a name. <laughs> that's it. It's just a buzzword. Yeah. No. They yes. They probably should, but they probably won't. But I think it could solve a lot of our problems too, right? If I'm like, if my tax bill, what, what's your tax bill like in Austin, like yearly, annually? Mine? Yeah. Too much. No, but do you have an, an, an estimate of what it is? Around ten grand a year. Yeah. Okay. So what if you paid instead of ten grand, you paid like seventy five hundred, and you just send that in Bitcoin? You just save like two thousand five hundred dollars right there. Only if I can then go put seven, Only if I can then go put seventy five hundred more bucks into Bitcoin. Why would you not? Because I well, because the seventy five hundred dollars in cash that I could have paid them is only going to depreciate in value because of the inflation, right? Yeah, but you would have been paying them ten thousand, but now the ten thousand went to seventy five hundred because you got a discount because you're paying in Bitcoin. Yeah, but what in ten years what's worth more? Seventy five if you start today, if I'm like you can't touch this for ten years, I'm gonna give you seventy five hundred bucks in Bitcoin or I'm gonna give you ten thousand cash. Which one's worth more in ten years? Well, of course the, the Bitcoin's gonna be worth more in ten years, provided that you don't get like super advanced mints and quantum computing where you can go into ledgers or whatever it is. But yeah, with with the way things are going right now, Bitcoin is gonna be five years. Which Bitcoin's gonna be a lot worth a lot more. I, I I'm not arguing with you. But um if you could buy that Bitcoin right back at right back at what you paid for, what you paid your taxes in. Correct. And Bitcoin is also so volatile, you could just dollar cost your way into getting that back within the next few months anyway because of the volatility. Yeah. Um, and you saved 25% on your property taxes. And if you have tenants, because you were able to um, pay the city Bitcoin, you could also now in turn charge your tenants um, a 25% discount they for pay paying you in Bitcoin. Yeah. You could get that back and more so it's literally you're literally creating a deflationary economic system that's helping everybody and then when the city starts profiting handsomely off it which it does every four-year market cycle you hire someone from coinbase to manage the budget oh now all these social programs that these quote-unquote progressives want to do oh you can actually do it now without taxing you at a house and home yeah it just seems like a smart thing to do yeah but they're going to resist it because they we know who owns the the monetary system in america and bitcoin's a threat to them but you know, I just think it. I think it would be a good. I think it would be a good idea, and I think it could solve a lot of our problems. And I think it makes me sad. A lot of these like progressive leftist socialist groups like hate Bitcoin, from what I, from a lot of these people that I talk to. Like because it's bad for the environment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 bad for the environment. So says the guy. So says the the central bankers who write all the legislation. So about says the Elizabeth Warren. 
yeah, who wants who a central bank digital currency. I thought ran, ran for Senate originally because she was against Wall Street and now is just repeating Wall Street talking points at every opportunity. It's kind of ridiculous. But, but she wants a central bank digital currency. Why? Um, because she probably gets a lot of money from banks and Wall Street, and she probably got a lot of dark money when she stayed in um, during the primary against Sanders. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's probably why. Yeah. Bernie Sanders, what a joke that guy is. I kind of liked him, though. I do, too. I, 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 like, I liked him. I had the weird, I used to people, freak people out. When I first moved to Austin, I had a Bernie Sanders bumper sticker on the left side of my car and a Ron Paul bumper sticker on the right side of my car. People were just like, trying to wrap their heads around that it's crazy i like that it was on the left and ron paul's on the right mm-hmm. i think that's awesome because uh, i when we were talking before i think he was his heart's in the right place but he's such a he's such a they use him all the time they're like oh yeah we'll we'll give you yeah yeah we'll give you budget chair you know fi- finance chair in the senate if you endorse joe biden or hillary clinton oh we'll give you four sponsors on your single payer bill if you endorse hillary clinton and then you just and he, he does always anyway, gets work yeah it's almost like you're doing it on purpose it's almost like you're there just to he, be control like he's been doing this since the eight the, since the 90s he campaigned for clinton after nafta he campaigned for, he came for, campaigned for the democrats after they deregulated wall street like he's and then they promise him all this stuff and he never gets any of it and it's just like at what point was bernie like these guys keep screwing me over. I'm going to stop working for them. But then all his, all his fanboys are just, they don't, they don't care. They don't listen. They're still just, I know he should have started a third party or, or they become people like myself. who are just like, man, this is ridiculous. Like, why am I doing this? You know, I'm just going to switch. I'm done. He should have started a third party. He should have started a third, but then Trump would have won. Trump won anyways. <laughs> yeah. Trump won anyways. Yeah. Trump won anyways. Yeah. 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 Um, in 16, at in least 16, uh, 20. That's another topic. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That, yeah, that, that's, it's another topic. That's another topic we don't need to go into or talk yeah. about because nobody knows. Uh, he probably didn't, honestly, considering the turnout and stuff. But, you know, Joe Biden's not governing like somebody who won a fair election. Joe Biden is a really old man, and I feel really bad for him. Yeah, he's, not, he's not governing like somebody who And let's go, Brandon. let's go, Brandon. Yeah, <laughs> let's go, Brandon. Holy but, shit. But he's a real, very, very best-case scenario. He's a very, very old man. And he's having cognitive decline happening in front of the whole world. And there are people pulling his puppet strings in the background that we don't know. That's the best case scenario. Yeah. Um, I think that's what the scenario probably is. Yeah. That's probably what it is. He's in cognitive decline. You can tell. He's not an evil mastermind smelling little no, girl's I hairs. Mean, he <laughs> definitely is um, smelling little girl's hairs, but he's not <laughs> like an evil mastermind. I don't think. No, I don't, um, that, that's I don't the compromise so. we're gonna get. Yeah. Um, where do you see Austin? Like before we wrap up, man. Like where where do you see Austin headed in the next like few years? Uh, and do you like want to get into politics again? And like, not really. No, I'm I'm actually, I'm moving away from politics. Okay. Oh, because sh- it's so insane. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm kind of. It kind of makes me like it's exhausting. It's yeah. It's I, I don't think it's fixable and like I. Just people are so driven in their camps. It's just there's not. It's and not people interesting. People are so high strung and hyper emotional and like petty. There's just it's, so much of that, man. And it's, it's not interesting. Trump bad, Biden bad. Like that's the most boring conversation I've ever had. Like who can point out bad stuff about Trump or who can point out bad stuff about Biden? Like that's that is really it's really dull. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. With, I kind of agree with you. Like so I, yeah. So I'm kind of moving it away. But to answer your question, we we know where Austin goes. We have the guardrails of the state to protect us a little bit. But, so, yeah, until we're one but, power outage away from Beto becoming but, governor because of our Republicans who don't do shit to help us. But correct. okay, 
But look at Portland, look at Seattle, look at San Francisco, look at L.A., that's, look at Denver. That's where we're going unless we elect better people. I, the only answer to what's happening at City Hall is to elect more moderate people. But will, will the public do that? I don't know. I think they might in a couple of districts. Which ones? I think eight. You think Paige Ellis can be beat by who? Um, I think if Brad Swale runs, he could beat. I think you could honestly beat Paige Ellis if you ran. I don't live in eight. You live in five, right? Mm-hmm. You could probably beat Ann Kitchen. Oh, she doesn't have to run she anymore. She's not running. You should I'm run. Not, in... No. You want a moderate person who has like common sense? You may as well try once. All they have to do is pull my Twitter, and they. So I'm, what? I would help. I'm, can- I'm canceled, <laughs> but I don't want to run, man. I don't want to. I'd campaign for you if you ran. It's a mess. It's a. I would. I would campaign for you. I would help you I if you if that. you ran. I would totally campaign for you. I totally appreciate that, and I would do the same for you. But I'm not running. Yeah, I don't want to. Who do you think? Who do you think the mayor of Austin should be? Should be. Matthew McConaughey will be. I mean, Kirk's been the best position. Though. What about Lowe? I like Adam Lowy. Is he going to run? I hope will he does. He, will he stop messing with us and like just announce? I hope he's he runs. I think he would actually do a great job because he seems like he he genuinely does want to talk to both sides of things. You know? Yeah. I mean, well, he would have he a hard time. He was supposed time to come be- on tomorrow, but he canceled. Oh, uh, he would have a hard time. I see his his little. Yeah. He would have a hard time beating Kirk if Kirk is serious about running. You think so? Yes. Yeah, maybe, but I like Lowy, and I think he would do a good job. He'd still have a hard time beating Kirk, but yes. I, I don't know. I don't know enough about Adam. I like messing. I like messing with him on Twitter about COVID stuff. But he's fun because he goes from like he he has one like he feels one day he feels a certain way, the next day he kind of doesn't feel a certain way. And he's like trying to find his like he's trying to find his like little middle ground. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he's struggling from the same cognitive dissonance that most of the population is. That's like we were talking about. I've had COVID. I don't need a shot. Like he, and he just it can't it won't compute with people. But he does. He's not. He doesn't want to. He doesn't believe in forcing that onto people. He just thinks you should get it because he just thinks it's good. He for does you. think I should get it. Yeah. He's told me he's like you should get it, and I'm like, now nah, well listen, man, I'm uh, I'm trans vaccinated, Michael. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I identify <laughs> as vaccinated. Trans vax lives matter, baby. Yeah. No. I actually got a shirt that I'm gonna start wearing that says that. Trans vax lives. Trans no trans vaccinated with a needle and a, a, and a rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> Where all the gay clubs, just you know? trolling, man. Yeah, I don't think anybody would care. People in Austin have a sense of humor; they think it's funny. Oh, some people. Yeah, one of my favorite shirts that I want to get, but I is the um, one that says "woke" but with a Q in it. Oh, that would be hilarious. I'm not queuing on, but I. That would just be funny as fuck. It's very funny, and uh, the shirt's awesome. My definition of woke is just believing in conspiracy theories. It's like that's how I look at woke. We never talked about it. Conspiracy theory, and I just, we're gonna wrap yeah, okay, up probably. Right, but we like, have to wrap up, yeah. Conspiracy theory. That term was introduced by the CIA in Operation Mockingbird in the 1950s and 60s to discredit people who believed there was a second shooter on the grassy knoll in the Kennedy assassination. And we use it almost reflexively today. It's a way to discredit people. It's bullshit. You know, sometimes you're like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but like you have to preface it. It's used that and misinformation are used to discredit people and it's bullshit because a lot of these can quote unquote conspiracy theories are true. And we could go through the list. We Gulf could, of Tonkin, MK Ultra, Operation Paperclip, all these things proven true. Proven true? Proven true. Proven true. That, um, what, was it? what happened in Nicaragua? What was that called? What happened? No, 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 like there was a name for it. I forgot what it was. Oh, I don't know. Oh, well, Iran-Contra? Iran-Contra, yeah. Proven true. Proven true. Proven true. How many times has the government conspired to do something? Many. 
Like we need to stop calling people. It's a lazy way of arguing with people. You just dismiss them by calling them a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, and then when this conspiracy theory comes true, they dismiss you because you're disagreeing with their idea. They, right. they actually want it to happen, and you're disagreeing with their vision. The so most recent keep- example was lab leak. Yeah. You're a conspiracy theorist. Or you know? now vaccine passports were a conspiracy theorist. And now that we're getting mm-hmm. vaccine passports, those same people who called me a conspiracy theorist are um, saying I'm like a public health hazard because I don't think we should have vaccine passports. Like, it's fucking crazy. It's, uh, we live in a clown world. It's, we live in clown world, yeah. It's crazy. But George Carlin also said, just like, you have a front row seat to the shit show. Sit back, grab your popcorn, and enjoy the show. And I think we're doing. I think I'm doing my best. I think you're doing your best. You just got to have a level head when it comes to this stuff, and um, that's that's the most important thing. But anyway, Michael, how do we get a hold of you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, M ATX. That's M S E A R L E A T X. Do I get my cell phone number? No, I'm just. And you got kidding. Instagram? You don't have any of that? Oh yeah, I have an Instagram. You can find me. I'm a tall guy. I think my Instagram handle is M R Searle S E A R L E. You don't use Instagram very much. All right, anyway, no, hey, man. Michael Searle, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! That was a fun episode. That was fun.